Welcome to Not Another Runner podcast, a running and health related podcast created by a run of the mill, yes, pun intended, everyday runner. Join me for all things running, health and well-being related, for the highs and lows of life, training and chasing goals. This podcast is designed to keep you motivated and enthusiastic on your journey to health and happiness. Every time I run, I discover something new about me and about life, be it a reason why I run or a discovery of myself. I genuinely find gratitude through running. I am able to stay healthy and fit through the execution of my passion, but furthermore, I am able to achieve peace, presence, growth and discovery. And I love to hear all your stories on how running has changed your lives and what it's brought to you. I want to connect like-minded people through the power of podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Not Another Runner podcast. Um, I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. It's a runner, a PT, a coach and head of PMG coaching, a sub three marathoner, ultra marathoner, adventure seeker or a glutton for punishment, you decide. Um, it's Jordan Foster. Hello and welcome Jordan. Hello, uh, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well I think it was all true wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. It sounds a bit weird when you say it out loud. Yeah, when you hear <laughs> it from someone else and not from yourself. Um, so I've followed you for a long while um, over on my personal page and then now on my running page. Um, and you'll, you've definitely got, you know, a, a good following over on Instagram. So some people will have followed you from the early, early days when you first started yeah. back in 2015. And some are a lot newer. So if you could just tell us a little bit about you and what you do for a living just to get everyone up to speed yes so, so um, as you mentioned in the introduction I own PMG coaching uh, which is my online running coaching business uh, so I launched that back in November last year and yeah it's probably the best thing that I've ever done um, absolutely love it I've got an amazing team of runners behind me and yeah it's just it's incredible really what um what made you want to start that then last November? When did it like when did the idea come to you and how long did it take to like manifest? So back in 2015, I think it was, I actually qualified as a personal trainer um because I'd really started getting into running and fitness and had seen what an impact it had, had on my life and I wanted to help other people. Um, back then I didn't really have an Instagram following I used Instagram occasionally I posted a photo of a run but it was more personal things Um, so I didn't have kind of the online following so I went down the route of trying to work in a gym um, trying to get uh, clients that way Um, and unfortunately it didn't really work I think at the time I was living in a little village in the middle of Northamptonshire and yeah it was I just didn't enjoy it either. I think I realised that I didn't enjoy working in a gym. and It wasn't what I was passionate about. I've always been more passionate about running. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then because of financial reasons, I decided to stop that. And I got a job um, in a school. So I was working as a teaching assistant in a school and kind of forgot about the personal training, the coaching side, and just was focusing on work and my own running and then last year I yeah I just started to think that this isn't what I want to do I don't want to be a teaching assistant in a secondary school for the rest of my life 
I thought about maybe going into teaching, but again, I realised it wasn't something that I was overly passionate about. And I just started thinking more and more that I wanted to help people to run. And as my account kind of grew more popular over the last year, I was getting a lot of messages from people asking for running advice, asking if I could coach them. Um, my blog was doing quite well. And again, I posted advice for beginners, uh, strength and conditioning workouts, and they were all really well received. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I'm quite an impulsive person. So it was after my marathon in Switzerland at the end of October, I literally got back. And after having like the most incredible weekend, um, I realized that helping people to achieve their goals that I'd just done was what I really wanted to do. So I literally just bit the bullet, set up an Instagram page. Um, and then, yeah, it went from there, really. Gosh, and because you did you literally have this idea to to set up the PMG just after Switzerland? Or was it something that you were in the back of your mind? You were thinking, right, I'm going to start. But like you needed that like um the drive or like the motivation after Switzerland to do that so I had I had been thinking about it for a little while but I think I was more I more had like fear of failure because I'd done it before and I had invested money and a lot of time and anyone that has done PT or is a PT or coaching knows that it can take a lot of that and I think I was just a bit scared about putting myself out there as well and thinking, well, what if it doesn't go right? Or what if nobody wants me to coach them? Or what if uh, I'm not very good at it? So I did put it off for quite a while. But I think, yeah, what I did in Switzerland, so getting my sub three just really gave me a push mm. to do it. Um, and there was a few other things as well. So... I wanted to quickly jump in while there's a natural pause in mine and Jordan's chat. I wanted to say a personal thank you because I haven't done one for a little while so I thought it was about time. So just a massive thank you for your continued support really for the ratings and reviews that you've left on the various podcast platforms and thanks for sending in your recommendations of guests because I read through these, I make a note of them and I'm making a list. So keep those coming. I like to see who it is that motivates and inspires you and who you'd like to hear from on the podcast. Um, as I said, I've got a list going and I am contacting people and liaising and trying to sort out future guests. So these recommendations are appreciated. Loving, loving the podcast picks. I just love to see what you get up to while you're listening. So what is it that you do? What what activity is it that this podcast accompanies you? So keep those coming in as well. And of course, your reasons to run. So using the hashtag why I run. I really enjoy listening and hearing all about your stories as to what motivates you what got you started in running, what's your reason for running and what does it teach you. So keeping those hashtag why I run going because I love reading them. Do tag me in those posts so that I don't miss them because there are a lot of why I run posts online 
and I don't want to miss any. I have to give a mention to Lizzie because her post the other day just stopped me in my tracks. Lizzie Diamond, or otherwise known as Runner of Four, posted something the other day that really just left me speechless, really, with goosebumps. Um, Lizzie Diamond was actually a guest on the show several weeks ago. She was on episodes 11, part one and two. She's got an epic story to tell and she does, in that ep in those episodes, tells us about how she's gone from novice runner to completing a marathon within two years. And in her debut marathon, um, finished in a, in a very, very crazy time of three hours and 12. Now, she did this while she was nine months postpartum. She had a podium finish. You know, she was pregnant during those two years, came back to running, debuted in a marathon, 3.12, and all in, within two years. Her story's just incredible. She also talks a lot of sense. She's very down-to-earth and very insightful. Just a great outlook on life as well. So if you haven't listened to her episode, you'll want to download those to listen to those later once you've listened to Jordan. Um, Lizzie's post says, hashtag why I run. Last weekend we had our youngest Tobias baptised and this is my new favourite picture of us all. These lot are the reason why I run. The great Pavo Nuni, who set 22 long distance running world records in the early 20th century, once said, mind is everything. Muscle, pieces of rubber, all that I am, I am because of my mind. Hallelujah to that, Lizzie says. I think my mind is fitter than my physical form, if I'm honest, and when my legs feel like failing and falling from beneath me, it is my mind that solidifies the end of the race. Thinking about these lots shapes how I approach a race, builds up the narrative in my mind of who I am as a runner, and encourages my training. I firmly believe that thoughts shape a tremendous amount of ex experience you have with your performance. Mental strength only exists in the context of the challenge and you can't be mentally tough without there being some hardship or difficulty to face. So keep actively challenging both your mind and body. We can adopt a challenge mindset or a misery mindset. Confidence is born out of doing hard things. I love that post. I thank Lizzie so much for sharing that with everyone and with me especially because it's just a great message. I loved it. I, I'm not going to say any more about it. I just loved it. So <clears throat> kudos to Lizzie for that brilliant message and that brilliant post of why I run. Now let's get back to the chat with Jordan to hear more about her running story and um, how she becomes the success she is today, what she attributes her success, her progression in her running and more about the adventures that she's seeking in the upcoming months. So we were just saying about whether or not you had thought about the um, PMG coaching before, whether you'd been thinking of it in the months leading up or whether it was literally just a thought that you had mm -hmm. straight after the marathon. So how yeah. was it? So I had thought about it. Um, obviously, during the year leading up to the marathon, my kind of Instagram had grown a lot more and I was getting a lot of people messaging me or like putting comments asking me for advice asking me if I'd like help coach them um I'd also started my blog as well and I did a, quite a lot of blog posts about advice for runners strength and conditioning um and I had thought like oh it'd be really good if this was my job but because I think of the experience I'd had before when I tried to do PT 
Um, I think it was definitely the fear of failure and I think we're all guilty of it as well. I was worried about putting myself out there again, was just kept thinking, I was more thinking about the negatives and thinking like, oh, what if it didn't work or what if no one wanted to coach me or what if it didn't go very well? Um, And then, yeah, after the marathon, I think there was a few other like personal things going on as well. I think it just gave me the push that if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it and yeah you just don't know what's going to happen and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah I think you know it's I think it's so hard starting something like that and like taking taking that leap of faith um and like often or not fear of failure does hold us back which is like um I remember speaking to someone like with regards to like dream of setting up my podcast and he was like well it it was Tom Bell who who has his own podcast and he said why are you waiting another year because like I was like oh I'm just gonna wait another year and then I'll do it then he's like well why are you waiting what are you waiting for like you're in so that you you're because you're fearing that failure but actually um starting somewhere and starting today progression beats perfection so by starting now you know where could you be in a year's time exactly so I think I think it's brilliant that you've you've started it and that you've started this dream because I mean obviously it's it's been a success so far and um credit to you that you you bit the bullet and you took that leap of faith um with regards to that um literally you you chose to do this now like last year yeah Um, you took a a massive leap of faith moving moving to London and setting up this business so what would you say has been I mean you know you've literally done two things at the same time that were very very big changes in your life yeah what what has been the hardest adjustment for you having you know since leaving your previous job as the PE teacher's assistant to then becoming a coach running your own business and moving to London all in one (laughs) yeah it was it was a pretty crazy month so yeah just like you said December well I launched PMG coaching in November and got everyone signed up ready to start in December so December the 1st was when everyone's plans started and December the 2nd or 3rd I think it was was when I packed up the van and moved to London so I, I it literally went from zero to 100 in the space of a couple of weeks. Um, I think the hardest thing, and if anyone is listening, has got their own business or is self-employed, um, the hardest thing, and I'm still struggling now sometimes to adjust to it, is the amount of time you spend by yourself. Mm. Um, so I'm quite a sociable person. I enjoy being around people and in any job that I've had before that's always been the best bit for me like going into work talking to people making friends um and to go from that to then working by yourself it can be quite tough um so I do try and keep myself busy and sometimes that's even just I'll pop to the shops in the afternoon or go and get a coffee just to just so I can get out of the house and speak to somebody because yeah otherwise if you're spending two three days a week completely by yourself it can get a little bit lonely um so I would say that's probably like the hardest adjustment for me but in terms of moving to London that's just been absolutely amazing um I've got quite a lot of friends down here that I've made through Instagram and the running community and just being able to meet up with them more regularly going to more events um yeah it's been incredible Mm. yeah I can only just imagine what that must be like if you're working at home 
um, yeah. you know, self-employed, because I think I would struggle with that as well. So that's an interesting yeah. take on what you found most difficult. And um, sometimes it's just having a sound, like someone yeah. having a soundboard. So because at the moment it is just me, and I'm hoping it, it won't just be me forever, but sometimes if you have an idea or if you're not sure about something, if you're working with someone, you can bounce ideas off each other. But whereas when it's when you're on your own and every decision has got to be made by you and everything's got to be implemented by you, sometimes it can be a little bit daunting. But I'm definitely it's definitely got better as the months gone on. And I've definitely got more of a work life balance now as well. So mm-hmm. for the first couple of months, I mean, my phone and my emails did not stop. And it was, I'd be answering emails and messages from six o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. Um, And I think it was because it was just me and it was my own business as well. I was really worried that I was letting people down. And if someone messaged me that they'd need a response straight away. But I have spoke to a few other friends that are self-employed and have their own business. And it's the same, like if you were to email a company at seven o'clock at night you wouldn't expect a response until the next working day Mm -hmm. um but it's I think it's all just learning and again I because it went from zero to 100 so quickly I didn't really have that time to adjust so I think I was very guilty of trying to do everything at once um but yeah now I've definitely got a bit more of a balance with it (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's so important that you've got that. And like you said, that friend who said, you know, if you messaged a, a company, a business at seven o'clock at night, you wouldn't expect to reply to the next, you know, working day. So, yeah. you know, you, you can be using Instagram or on social media or active, but that's for personal level and not business. So yeah. you don't have to be responding to the emails or the messages, direct messages straight away. It's, yeah, exactly. it's really important to have that work-life balance. Um Obviously, you're you're the head coach, head of um, PMG coaching, um, yeah. but you've also worked with East Nine Fit as a virtual yes. coach. So, could you tell us a little bit more about this? Because I'm I'm like still unaware of what what exactly it is. So, I'm interested to know. Yeah, so East Nine are a um, startup company. So they launched earlier this year, and it was my friend Anna who works for the Running Channel actually put me in contact with them because she knew the guys from East Nine um, and they were looking for more coaches and more specifically female coaches um, to coach some sessions on their app. So I met up with Kat, who's one of the founders, probably about four or five months ago now. And we just had a chat. She told me what the app was about, um, how they wanted it to work and how they saw it working. And for me, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really, because I I would love to be able to help as many people as possible with coaching. But like I've said, it's just me on my own. And unfortunately, I can't take on every single person that emails me or wants coaching because otherwise I would never be off my phone and I would never have a life. So I have to set myself some limits there with how many people I can take on. Whereas with East Nine um it's able it's then more accessible for more people and also not everybody wants one-to-one coaching or maybe can afford to have a monthly coach whereas this is a a currently a free app so you can download the app there's now loads of different sessions on there and it's basically designed for those people that perhaps have completed couch to 5k or the couch to 10k app and want to take their running 
to the next level but maybe don't know what to do so we see people on Instagram all the time and I used to be guilty of it as well talking about different sessions saying they're doing a fartlek session or an interval session or a hill sprint and sometimes um, you might you might forget that other people might not know how to do that they might not be able to just go out and do an interval session on their own or know exactly what to do so the sessions are designed that we will literally so me and there's loads of other coaches as well we will just talk you through the session so we'll talk you through a warm-up and give you some like dynamic stretches to do we'll then explain what the session is talk to you throughout it sometimes shout at you a little bit if we feel like you might need a bit extra motivation and then take you through a cool down as well and it's all linked to it's linked to spotify so us coaches have all got our own spotify playlist so you can link that to your run as well so yeah it's a really really good app so if anyone is at that kind of stage where maybe they don't want to commit to coaching or they're not a member of a club or anything like that but need a little bit of extra help with their running I definitely recommend downloading it. That sounds amazing that sounds like a lot of people could benefit from that yeah and um, if you're based in the London area as well they do weekly run clubs and hopefully we're going to be doing a lot more in the future as well we're going to also look at doing some track sessions um they're quite heavily involved with the run-through events as well so they're going to regularly be at run-through events leading the warm-ups and they'll always be about so if anyone's ever got any questions you can always just go and speak to a member of the team that's fab how many coaches how many coaches have they got on there oh I knew you were gonna ask me that um (laughs) I think there's about 10 of us and we're all different yeah so we've all got different experiences different skill sets and it's not just um it's not just running as well so we've got like podcasts on there where we talk about mindfulness or nutrition strength training so it's hopefully as it continues to grow it will kind of be like the one-stop app for people that need advice or help with their running Sounds so fun. yeah I'm really happy really like happy to be a part of it so that sounds brilliant I bet a lot of people listening to this could um, benefit from that I think there's a lot of people out there who don't have um, coaches or they you know they're just putting together some some new like plans for themselves by looking at things online so yeah it sounds great um right so we'll back up just a little bit obviously we've spoken about um project marathon girl your coaching um and east nine but um for those who don't know how was it that you started running and why did you start so I um like most people I ran a little bit in school but running was never a massive thing it was you do it once or twice a year cross country where which everyone hated and then sports day which was just an excuse to get out of your lessons and sit in your pee kit all day if you were from my school um but I actually quite enjoyed it so I did a bit of cross country in school and I actually joined a local running club for a short amount of time. Um, but then after school, went to college and kind of forgot about running and exercise. I just wasn't interested. I was being completely honest, more interested in going out at the weekend with my friends. Um, and yeah, it wasn't top of my priority list. And then it was really in my early 20s, I think I was 23, I started getting back into fitness. So um, I started going to a circuit class and running a couple of times a week. 
um and it was a couple of the girls from the circuit class I was going to asked if I wanted to do this 10k obstacle race with them like in a couple of months time uh so I said yes because I'm like I said I'm quite impulsive like that and thought it sounded fun but I hadn't really ran that sort of distance well I don't think I'd ever run that distance before um so I just started going out for more runs and I lived near a park which was a kilometer in distance like the circumference of it was a kilometer um so I just used to take myself there and run laps and every time I went I would just try and add on an extra lap so I'd build up so I'd do like 5k 6k 7k and I eventually got up to the 10k and was actually quite enjoying it did the event really loved it and it sort of gave me the bug to continue running and there was um half marathon from so I'm from Peterborough and there was the local half marathon which is quite a popular one it's quite a good one actually if you're looking for a PB it's the great eastern run it's fast and flat in October so if you're looking for an autumn half marathon I definitely recommend that one um so I signed up for that with a couple of months to go because my logical brain thought well if you can run 10k it's only twice as far so that would be all right um and I didn't really know what I was doing with my training. I didn't run a lot. I still probably only ran a couple of times a week. I got maybe two or three longer runs in. And yeah, I rocked up, rocked up to the half marathon in my trainers that I'd had since I was about 15. A cotton t-shirt, leggings, which anyone that follows me knows that I never, ever, ever run in leggings. And I didn't have a watch. I didn't have gps or anything like that and yeah i ran it really enjoyed it i set myself the goal that i wanted to do it in two hours and actually did it in 151 so i was really pleased with that um but sort of thought then oh i'm never going to be able to run any quicker than that and how like how on earth do people run marathons bloody bloody blah i wasn't even thinking about doing a marathon at that stage um and yeah then it sort of just went from there really so that's your first half marathon was 151 which yes. is a very very respectable time especially considering the, the build-up you had you'd only run two or three longer runs and then you've now got it down to and I can't remember your pb but it's it's fast I remember it being really fast uh so my current pb which I got at the big half this year was 81 31 just incredible <laughs> what like that's such a great progression isn't it over a couple of years just mad yeah I guess <laughs> I guess yeah if you look at it um over so that was my first one in I think 2013 or 2014 no 2014 sorry mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean it's taken a few years but yeah. every year I've done at least a couple of half marathons and just chipped away at it yeah so it's yeah it's not like it was an overnight (laughs) an overnight thing but no I I do appreciate that like my first my first half marathon time was a good time and Mm. and I mean two hours two and a half hours it's it's irrelevant really um but yeah I know that a sub two hour half marathon was a good time but honestly at that time I didn't think I'd ever be able to run any quicker because Mm. I just wasn't used to I didn't do sessions I just used to go out for the same paced runs 
yeah three like two or three times a week but yeah I hope it proves that you can improve it just might take a little bit of time yeah yeah definitely because you know there'll be there was quite a few people that sent messages in with regards to like times and improvement so like it's quite nice that um that you've you know just given us an insight as to how your your running began um you know like turning up for this half marathon and you're wearing your cotton t-shirt your leggings you've got no gps or what and like it's just crazy now like comparing that to like today but it's yeah. like it's not come overnight it's come with a lot of work and a lot of chipping away over the t- over these years yeah and consistency and turning up yeah that is that's probably a question that I get asked a lot um what's your secret and there really isn't a secret consistency and just getting it done is honestly you could have the best pair of trainers in the world the best watch in the world the best training plan in the world but if you're not consistent with it then you're not going to see those results and that progress and I think sometimes and I've been guilty of it before as well sometimes it's hard to keep motivating yourself maybe if you don't see that progress Mm. um as quickly as you expected but sometimes like you've just got to look back and think where you started from and yeah it might not be that you get a pb every single race but if you look back to maybe yeah two three years ago and just remember that that feeling when you completed your first 5k you probably thought it would be impossible to run 10k but then a couple of months later you'd have run 10k and then so on and so on so yeah it's always important I think consistency and just looking back at where you started from yeah that's I think I think along the way as we're like um as people improve or you work towards a goal I think a lot of us uh runners do forget where it was we started so sometimes having the perspective like you say like um it's, it's literally looking you know where you were at the beginning to, to now you might not be where you want to be just yet um yeah. yeah look at what what you've already achieved and just believe that you can still achieve more of what you want to so long as you're consistent and you're you know you're giving it a good shot and doing your best that's all you can do yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and what was it that made you want to tackle the marathon distance so obviously you did that first half marathon yeah um, and then you will have moved on then to the marathon distance what what was it that you wanted to do so I, um, yeah, so I did the half marathon and then actually, uh, actually, yeah, later that year, so the half marathon was in October, I was absolutely loving running, kind of got the buzz for my first event, was thinking what I wanted to do next. And it wasn't serious, but I was involved in a minor car accident in the December that year. Um, I was fine, but I just got, I actually got quite bad whiplash. So I was unable to run and unable to exercise for about three months so um I sort of lost the love of running a little bit because I just mentally got in a bit of a bad headspace um and then once I was able to exercise again so I think it was about March time that year that was actually when I went um back to or no I went and did my first ever park run so I did a half marathon before I'd done my park run um and that for me sort of felt again like the start of my running journey and I mean I absolutely love parkrun and it makes me a little bit sad that I don't go that much anymore but I'm just usually quite busy at the weekends but for a long time parkrun was my way of getting myself motivated to go out for a run because 
I was quite um oh, I still am in a way quite a competitive person so going to parkrun every week and trying to knock a few seconds or a couple of minutes off my time was a great way to motivate me and I met I met loads of nice people as well and it was yeah so I started doing parkrun I signed up for another half marathon and then it was towards the end of 2015 um a colleague from work was um applying for the London marathon and I just thought oh, I'll give it a go as well so I applied in the ballot um like everybody else but I didn't get in obviously um and then I actually got a charity place so my colleague from work got offered a charity place um for a charity that was local to where we lived but unfortunately he had to turn it down um just because of work and family commitments but he put my name forward instead um and I got accepted so yeah it was December 2015 I got my place for the 2016 London Marathon um and yeah it was it went from there really <laughs> I've not looked back since oh, and I, I don't know why I just kept thinking that you've done one prior to 2016 even though I knew you had I think because because you've had such a great progression in your marathon in the marathon distance and yeah. you know the work you've put in to to see you you know achieve what you have by you know 2018 2019 in the marathon when your first one was literally just three years ago is is incredible really that you've you achieved that sub three that sub three marathon it's just mad that you were you've done that already <laughs> I know I think I feel like it's mad as well that was yeah. sort of my lifetime goal mm-hmm. um yeah. and yeah so I couldn't quite believe that I did it last year either <laughs> but yeah no it did um it took me a while to build up to it as well though so I had quite a few half marathons under my belt and have been running I'd say properly for about yeah a year 18 months before I even considered a marathon Mm. um whereas now it seems that people sign up for marathons maybe before they've even run before which is that which is fine as long as you take the training seriously but for me I think I needed to um yeah I needed to get some half marathons under my belt first and then it just felt like the natural progression Mm. um that I wanted to achieve and obviously everybody wants to do London and I was very lucky that I got a charity place because and I do think sometimes that if I didn't get that charity place what would I be doing now would I have run a marathon would I be doing what I'm doing it's it's weird it is weird that's weird that you say, you know, had you not got the charity place that year? Because I'm like some people like outside looking in would think, you know, where would you be now? Like with regards to perhaps the other marathons that you've completed. But yeah, it, yeah it is interesting that you think that, you know, if you didn't have a, a charity place that year, where would you be now? Because yeah. like, to me, I think it, it would have happened. I, I, either way, I think you would have done a different marathon or you would have had that, you know, you had the bug already. So you, you would yeah. go to do a marathon and you still would have had this, um, you know, the next couple of years where you progressed and progressed and have built what you have already today yeah anyway. I think so yeah I do think so but you never know do you yeah you just don't do you I mean so given your you know your famous name on um Instagram project marathon girl um, <laughs> yeah and that and then speaking of that very first marathon then that in 2016 yeah. 
what was that first marathon experience like in comparison to the others that you've had along the way you know yeah. what was that first like so I re- I loved it um I so yeah I found out I got my place um and I was with a running club back in Peterborough at the time and I spoke to one of the coaches there because um I knew that I wanted to do it properly um I even though I'd never run a marathon before I decided that I wanted to try and go for good for age so that I could get the chance to do it again even though I might have hated it um but I like setting myself targets and something to aim for so yeah I followed a training plan and I was quite um really like religious with it like I stuck to it because I knew that a marathon was going to be a big challenge and I wanted to go into it knowing that I'd given it my best shot. So I had, yeah, I had the target to get Good Frage, which was 3.45 at London. Um, And yeah, went into it. I was incredibly nervous. So I think the month before, even, yeah, up to like a month before, if I actually thought about doing the marathon, I felt physically sick. Um, I just, I had all the, anyone, again, anyone that's done their mar- done a marathon, the first one, had all the doubts that, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. Um, my longest training run was 20 miles. And I just thought, how am I going to run another six miles on top of this? What if I blow up? What if this happens? Bloody, bloody, blah. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did struggle a little bit towards the end. I hit the famous wall that everyone hits at the marathon but I was when I think when I crossed the line I just couldn't stop smiling because I'd got so my first marathon I did it in 3.39 so I'd got my goal of getting the good for age time and yeah it just felt that all the like hard work in the months leading up to it had paid off Mm. so I really enjoyed it yeah and that's the thing if you've if you've worked hard um yeah in the lead up and you know you you can almost enjoy the experience because you know yeah. you've put all you've put all the training in so technically or you know theoretically speaking you know your legs are going to carry you that distance you're going to yeah. you know, you're going to be aerobically fit enough to do it because you've put all that training in yeah so you can then enjoy it it's just I, I'm quite surprised to hear you say that you were that nervous the whole month leading oh, up oh I was awful <gasps> I was awful honestly like you know when you get that feeling in your uh, stomach if I saw something about the London Marathon um yeah I would genuinely just feel sick (laughs) it was yeah I still get nervous now Um, yeah I still get nervous before events but that was probably the like the most nervous I'd ever felt yeah before and it's probably because you you really wanted that good for age I think yes there was that tied in if there was no time goal then you know you can take the pressure off can't you yeah definitely yeah. but I knew that I wanted to get that time mm. um and other like my friends and my um boyfriend at the time were coming to watch my dad was coming down to watch um and you just I don't I don't know I didn't want to let anyone down um even though I wouldn't have and they would have been proud and happy whatever time I did in my head I thought oh I've got to run well because they're coming to support me so it's just a lot of putting a lot of pressure on yourself which is something that I am or used to be a lot worse I'm getting better now but um but no it was an incredible experience and again anyone that's been lucky enough to run London I'm sure will say the same thing Mm -hmm. um like the crowds like I've done London four times now and turning the corner 
and going towards London Bridge still like gives me goosebumps every single time mm. it's just an incredible atmosphere and what would you say was the biggest thing you learned from that first marathon experience that train like just doing the training works um and that I could do it Mm. so I think again that whole self-doubt thing I mean like I said I was incredibly nervous and that training block I'd Mm. only run half marathons before that so that training block was sort of the training block of firsts so I remember I had a 15 mile race um earlier in the training block and I worked myself up so much about that even though it was only two miles further than a half marathon in my head I thought I can't run further than a half marathon and then I did it and it was fine and then a few weeks later it was the same thing with an 18 miler I thought how on earth am I going to run another 5k on top of a 15 mile race I can't do it it's too far um but once once you've done it you then realize that you can Mm, that's if it. that makes if that makes sense but it's I get it it's completely daunting and mm. for anyone that is doing their first marathon when they get their training plan if they're anything like me the first thing they'll do is look and see when their 20 miler is or their yeah. 21 miler depending on what mm-hmm. what their plan is and if it's the first time they've ever done that done it that number does seem scary mm. but yeah then once you've done it you realize it's not that bad and you can do it and you're gonna then run another six miles and get a nice shiny medal at the end of it yes and have all the food and celebrations oh yes that is the best bit it's quite exciting though isn't it like hitting those distances for the first time yeah yeah absolutely um like I say to people even though I still like I've done how many marathons have I done now seven I still would say that my first London marathon was my best marathon experience even though since then I've got my sub three and I've run some amazing like some other amazing marathons I'm actually like I get quite jealous of people when they've got their first marathon experience because I don't think you can ever really beat that because it is the first time that you're gonna have run 26.2 miles and it's just yeah it's an incredible feeling yeah definitely Yeah. yeah love that um Okay, so we want to talk about your recent experience with Adidas Infinite Trails World Championships. Yes, that's really exciting. So you yeah. you were um, I don't know whether we put we say fortunate or unlucky <laughs> to have to have the second loop. So I mean, you, mm. were, you were lucky in the sense that you weren't setting off four o'clock in the morning. Um, yes, but you had loop two, which was the longest loop, and it was yes. like <laughs> some two mountains. I've written it down here. And yeah, yeah. thirty six hundred meters of ascent, which translated to feet for those who prefer feet is 11,800 feet which is insane yeah (laughs) yeah how did that go um it was really hard um it it was there's no getting away from it but it was just incredible um Austria it was the first time I'd been to Austria and it is just absolutely stunning. Um, I think I wrote in my blog post, um, there were points of the race where I did just actually stop and just take a couple of minutes to just look around and make sure I was taking it all in. Because it was just, it was insane. And it started off, obviously, like at sea level. So I was like running through like pretty little towns in Austria, running along like the base and the ridge of a mountain. Then a couple of hours later, I was at 
a peak of a mountain and there was snow and just yeah the landscape was just beautiful um it was hard though and I think climbing that second mountain and that block in the middle was was tough um I didn't realize before that I was going to be so on my own um but because of the format of the race because it was a relay race and obviously your start position was determined by when your first leg runner got in there were points where I literally wouldn't see anyone for miles and when you're climbing up in the mountains as well even two miles that could take you an hour so Mm. sometimes it felt like I didn't see anybody for a couple of hours apart from when I got to the aid stations um but yeah it was it was incredible and I think luckily I'd been to the south of France earlier in the month Mm. which would which was booked months in advance before I even knew about Austria but it just ended up being quite a good training week um and that really made me realize how much I enjoyed the mountains and trail running and then Austria just it's given me that bug to now try bigger challenges and um yeah I just want to get back into the mountains I'm actually going to Chamonix at the end of August um I know I'm so excited for UTMB week I'm not racing I'm not doing any of the racing um but I'm just going to spend a week like training the mountains hanging out watching the race um but yeah I've definitely definitely fallen in love with the mountains a little bit even if they were brutal that's so exciting that you're going to Chamonix and you get to see some of UTMB yes oh yeah so I'm going out there for the whole week who are you going with so I'm actually staying with the Ultra X guys. Oh. So the guys that have organised the race in Jordan that I'm doing, um, they've hired a chalet for the week. So there's a group of us all staying there um, and there's loads going on. Um, so I think I'm just going to be like a kid in a sweet shop for the week, yeah. running around like running around like mad, trying to fit everything in. And yeah, mm. oh, just, that's yeah so really looking forward to it. But no, the race in Austria was incredible. And Obviously, it was hosted by Adidas. It was one of their events. So the organisation, the event village, everything was just, yeah, it was just great. It was seamless. And um, you, like you said, it was the hardest thing you'd done. How how long did you have to prepare for that event? Like how long? <laughs> so I think, um, I think it was about six weeks. Okay. So yeah. Um, Rich from ProDirect asked me I think yeah middle of May approached me and asked like if I wanted to take part obviously I looked at the website and thought this looks insane Um, yeah why not (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah like I said luckily I already had my holiday to the south of France booked and I was already starting training for Race to the Stones so I was already introducing longer runs back into my training um so yeah I just thought why not like I do with most things right because I thought that the um holiday trip that you had in the south Mm. I thought you'd book that after so that it was like a good lead up I thought you used that as your training but as you just said that was that that got booked in November December time so months before I'd even like knew that I was doing Race of the Stones even it was just uh yeah 
fancy the week away and my friends Becca and Julie were going so it was just kind of to go to see a different place in the world do something a little bit different but yeah, yeah it's ended, it ended up being the perfect training week and getting yeah. me used to spending a lot of time on my feet. Yeah because one of those weeks you did 100 miles didn't you while you were away? Yeah so that was that was the week yeah so yeah. 100 miles of running, trekking, climbing, walking um, so it was definitely a good a good base to go into the ultras that I've just done. Yeah because prior to south of France and the um, experience in Austria then had you mm. done much running um, trail running before then? Not really. I mean, I live in South London, so I'm quite lucky. I've got Richmond Park on my doorstep. Um, I don't go there as often as I should. And I don't know if you can really class that as proper trail running. But when you live in a city, it's probably the best you're going to get. But in terms of trail running events, I hadn't really done any for a good couple of years. Um, So like I mentioned, when I first got into running, it was because I was doing an obstacle race. Um, And I actually did that for about a year. So I did quite a lot of obstacle races, which tend to normally be on grass or trail. Um, But I sort of stopped doing them back in 2016. And that's when I really started to focus on road marathons and half like half marathons and getting my times down. So, yeah, I didn't really run on the trails much, but I do. I love it. And every time I do it, it reminds me how much I do enjoy it and I want to do it more. So now I am. Yeah. And so obviously you you mentioned just now that race to the stones was booked before austria so in yes. a way <laughs> um it's just like been perfect like it just slotted in perfectly all of this yeah well, perfectly or not so perfectly because um i'm trying to work out the maths now i'm sure race to the stones was only two weeks after austria yes. so i mean whether that's whether it was good build up or not because technically you could say that you you know, to try and recover from that epic experience, yeah. 60 kilometres and all the climbing of the two summits could yeah. have actually been a bit detrimental to the Race of the Stones race. But it wasn't because you were successful there, weren't you? Yeah, it went all right. <laughs> it, it didn't go too badly. Um, I think with Infinite Trails, um, I don't want to give the impression, and again, I've read it in my blog, I don't want to give the impression that I was some fantastic mountain goat running up all of these mountains because... That wasn't the case. Um, I would probably say I trekked or no hiked majority of the uphills on that because some of it was just impossible to run. Some of it was mountain climbing as well. I was literally climbing along the ridge of a mountain for about a mile. Um, so it wasn't all running. So even though it was really hard, it wasn't as intense on my body. Mm if that makes sense so afterwards I actually felt okay I was tired and my legs my quads ached a little bit but I've ached more after a marathon or even after like a fast track race because I think even yeah even though it was tough the intensity wasn't as high so because my body is used to high mileage and I'd done that week in the south of France I think I was actually quite well prepared for it Mm um but yeah obviously it's not ideal prep um two weeks before a 100k ultra marathon and I'll be honest I think I am still what date are we now um so it's about three weeks after race the stones and I am still recovering from that Mm. and I'm sure it is probably a combination 
of race to the stones and the infinite trails race but yeah my body is still tired definitely because when you were at race to the stones you miss you miss your start zone I remember (laughs) your story it wasn't the best uh, lead up like you know races are always stressful aren't they but when you're missing your start zone and you, you were you had a challenge anyway to try and beat the battery life of your headphones which I remember watching so that's not <laughs> luckily I did yeah you did and you you went on to win second lady despite missing your start zone and that was your first ever 100 kilometer event and two weeks after that mountain infinite trails epic relay race yeah which it's just crazy did you ever expect to to run as you know as as successfully as you did when you went to race the stones no um and so like you said we got stuck in traffic and we missed our start zone so I, I knew that I wanted to not run hard because I'd never run that far before and I didn't want to go out like an idiot and blow up after marathon distance but I knew that I wanted to I wanted to try and push myself and run as well as I could um so yeah when I realized that I was going to miss the start I was quite stressed um I was um yeah and I was I kind of thought being a bit dramatic oh well I'm just gonna get stuck in a queue now or oh what's the point um but yeah so I started half an hour latest the first uh the first wave went off at half seven and I went off at eight um so eight o'clock in the morning but I just thought right I'm just gonna stick my headphones in and just run mm-hmm. um and not worry about my pace like keep an eye I kept an eye on my heart rate more than anything so I didn't want my heart rate to be too high so I was trying to make sure that I was staying in that um zone one or zone two um and yeah I just I ran and in a way it was quite nice that I was because I was in the third wave I just basically spent the race or the first half of the race at least just passing people and kind of I'd see a group ahead and I'd be like right I'm going to catch up to them then I'm going to catch up to this person and mentally it was quite good like being able to pick people off Mm. um but yeah I I mean I had no idea I had no idea who was in front of me how many people were in front of me um so I didn't have that pressure whereas I think maybe if I'd gone off in the first wave with everybody else and perhaps knew that I was second or that the first female was five minutes ahead of me I think that might have affected my race I I maybe would have pushed a little bit quicker than I was capable of Mm. or maybe put a lot of pressure on myself and not enjoyed it as much but yeah because I had no idea I took my time at aid stations um if I needed to stop and walk I did um and yeah I just I did enjoy it there was after about 50k it got very quiet out on the course so the way that race the stones works there's a few different options you can either do the 100k all in one go or you can do 50k on the saturday 50k on the sunday some people just do the 50k on the saturday or the sunday so there's loads of different options so when you first set off you don't know what everyone else around you is doing um but because i obviously i was I guess in the first half of the race or closer to the kind of front runners of the race after the 50k mark um the course was very very quiet and there were points where I didn't see anyone for my like a couple of miles unless I was at an aid station 
or maybe I'd see someone quite far in the distance and then they disappear for a bit so it was very spread out so I'm so pleased that I had my music um because otherwise it would have been very lonely out there and I think I probably would have I probably would have struggled a bit with that um but no honestly I really enjoyed the event and it was only the last 10k I'd say that I started to really struggle and there was a lot more stopping and walking um I think I did a few more insta stories as well just because I felt like I wanted to talk to people Mm. um but yeah it was it went quick though which I know might sound a bit weird (laughs) that it was 10 hours and 100 but I think because it was so far I'd look at my watch and be like oh my god I've been running for six hours or I've been out for eight hours and it did it flew by really which Mm. I guess is a good thing yeah because you finished that race still in daylight didn't you 10 hours just yes yeah Yeah, so I finished just I finished at 6 p.m so yeah and yeah when I crossed the line um they said they're like oh fourth female across the line and like Jordan Foster and and then I sat down and the guy sat next to me was like I think you actually came second um and then two minutes later the kind of guy that was doing the announcing at the finish line said like oh no the results have updated like because Jordan started mm-hmm. at, in wave three she's actually finished in second position I didn't see the woman that came third but I did feel a bit like oh no <laughs> she's knocked her off the spot now but I think I'm sure it would be fine but yeah I was completely like I did not expect to finish second at all no <sighs> God, what a race experience. And like I said, you know, two weeks after Austria, just incredible. Would you yeah. would you go back and do that same race again? Or I would definitely like to do some of the other threshold events. Um, yeah. I think what I've learned this last couple of weeks is that recovering from an ultra marathon does take a lot longer than you perhaps think. Mm-hmm. Um, like even now going on runs, my heart rate is still higher than it normally would be and sometimes by about 10 to 15 beats which is quite a lot on on an easy run um so I want even though I am doing a lot I would like to do another 100k next year and maybe even a 100 miler but I'd quite like to do some different events um but I would like to do either race the tower or race the king because from what I've heard they're a lot more challenging so they're a lot hillier Mm. And they're both in beautiful parts of the country as well. So, yeah, I'd definitely like to experience some other races before going back and doing the same ones over again, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. And what would you like, what would you advise anyone if they were thinking of doing an ultramarathon like next year or, you know, one of the threshold series? Again, consistency and making sure that you can train properly for it. Um, I again I wrote a blog recently about tips for ultra marathon training and I think sometimes the natural progression people do marathons and then they might think oh I'll do an ultra marathon but more and more it's becoming popular now that people are jumping straight up to doing 100k and I mean it can be done I'm not saying it can't be done but you need to make sure that you are comfortable with those distances and I really, really do think that if you are more 
of a beginner or perhaps not use those distances you should give yourself a year to build yourself up because 100k in one go no matter how experienced you are how many miles you've run is a long way um but I would say enjoy it make sure that you enjoy it as well don't just sign up for one because everyone else is or you think that you need to um I think because that's another thing with social media as well I think it's also almost become the norm now um to do these sorts of events but in my opinion if you can't commit yourself to the training then it's just maybe stick to shorter distances for the time being because it's not worth it in the long run if you get injured and also (laughs) if you're not fully prepared for it chances are you're not going to enjoy it as much because you might be struggling earlier on and again like I'm saying no matter how well you train it's still going to be hard but it's a lot easier to handle if it's hard for the last 10k than if it's hard for the last 60k mm-hmm. um but yeah so I would just make sure it's something that you really want to do and enjoy it mm-hmm. just make sure that you're enjoying running use it use it as an excuse to go on like chatty long chatty runs with friends and um yeah yeah uh, just make sure sh- make sure you're doing it for the right reasons yeah yeah that makes sense and like you said like if you're new to running it's getting it's, it's, it's getting the experience first isn't it building my yeah. in a very safe yeah consistent which is way. which is why I think that it's it can be a good thing to go on from marathon training so if you've done a full marathon training block you're used to running on tired legs you're used to the long runs you're used to doing sessions um you're used to doing perhaps back-to-back running so it can be quite a natural progression mm-hmm. and not so much of a shock that if you go from nothing to then attempting to do a 50k or 50 mile week yeah you're probably not going to enjoy it mm. yeah absolutely um so the other big announcement or big adventure <laughs> that you've got coming up uh, <laughs> yes. literally just a week ago or a couple of weeks ago rather um, yeah. was about the Ultra X event and you mentioned this briefly when you said you're going to Chamonix with the team. Yes. Now this is in the prep and the build-up for your next big adventure which will be Jordan and Jordan. <laughs> Jordan and Jordan, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about this epic ultra stage marathon that you're gonna yeah um I don't really know where to begin with it Um, so yeah obviously off the back of um infinite trails and race the stones I've started to just really enjoy um these this sort of racing because it's not about time it's not about running really really fast and it's a way to see some incredible places like in this country around the world um so I actually met the Ultra X team at Love Trails Festival a few weeks ago so this was actually the week before Race to the Stones um so I met I met the team there um they were doing a few talks about their events and I mean there was Love Trails Festival was brilliant there was loads of inspiring talks and I think I'd already decided by after listening to a talk um, from Claudia and Matt, who are the founders of We Are Daybreak, who are a running club in London. They were talking about a multi-stage ultramarathon that they had done um, in Germany called the Transalpine, 
which is a, again a five-day multi-stage ultramarathon in the mountains and after listening to them talk for 20 minutes about it and watching a video I'd already decided that I was going to do it one day and that I wanted to do um I wanted to do one and yeah I'm so I met the guys um from Ultra X and yeah it kind of just went from there um they yeah I asked like if I could come and do one of their events and it was decided that I would come and do Jordan this year um yeah and they that multi um stage ultramarathon it's it's five days in October and it's 250 kilometers yes it's literally a month before your New York marathon two weeks before two weeks it's two weeks I thought it was a month no two weeks yes again mid-October that's right okay yeah (laughs) yeah so the race in Jordan is the 6th of October until the 13th um, and then New York Marathon is the 2nd of November, which again, I am not, <laughs> I'm not promoting that everybody should do this and running a marathon two weeks after a multi-stage ultra marathon is not ideal recovery, but I'm also a believer in sometimes you cannot pass up, uh, opportunities and, it's not every day that you can go and run an ultramarathon or multi-stage ultramarathon in Jordan. And I knew that I would kick, like, kick myself if I missed it. Mm. Um, but for me, New York, um, I'm just now looking more, I'm more now looking forward to just going to New York. Yeah. I've not been before. So um. Um, for me, I'm just going out there now with a group of friends. We're all staying together going out there for five days and just gonna do a little run in the middle of it um I'm not putting any time goals on myself or any time pressure um because I don't know how I'm gonna feel after Jordan I mean I've thought about maybe if someone wanted to run I don't know maybe a sub four or a 345 or a 330 I might be able to pace them depending on how I'm feeling um, but I just, if I'm being completely honest, I don't have that desire to chase a really fast marathon time at the moment. And that's absolutely fine. And in I'm a way, completely fine with that. Yeah. And in a way, because you said you're not, um, you're not bothered with chasing a time, mm. it's, it's, it's completely taken the pressure off. So yeah, do not have like, a, you know, a major event prior to New York, and then perhaps you'd those doubts would creep in, or you know, should I be going for a time? Yeah. Or so now you can go to New York <laughs> with your friends, enjoy that because it's your first experience there in New York, yeah. and just, just just run slow, easy, just enjoy, take yeah. off another world um, marathon major. Exactly. I mean, everyone I know that has done New York has said how incredible it is, um, and that the event itself is just amazing and the crowds are amazing so yeah I really just want to go and enjoy it Mm um I mean anyone if they've followed me from earlier this year knew or will know that I struggled on the lead up to the London Marathon and I think that was a combination of pretty much everything that we spoke about really like starting my own business moving to London everything was going a million miles an hour um this was all off the back of my sub three marathon and I think I was just tired Mm. um and looking back now I can see that I did burn out 
um I think after the big half in March um I just sort of lost the motivation the sort of love for it um I wasn't enjoying going out and doing my sessions everything felt like a bit of an effort and then yeah London didn't go exactly to plan um and it was after that really that I just thought I think I'm done with chasing fast marathon times for now Mm. um which is what spurred me to sign up for race to the stones Mm. and then obviously from that then the infinite trails opportunity came up then the ultra event in Jordan so I'm just making the most of it making the most of it and I'm not saying I'll never um kind of race a marathon again or kind of aim for a PB or a quicker time but right now it's just not not my main goal Mm -hmm. I'm glad you've you've touched on that because that was one of my questions was if we could see you tackling the road marathons and going for a time again yeah um because I was interested to know whether whether that would come up in the next couple of years so I am glad that you touched on that um but it, it just makes total sense what you were saying. I'm, like, if you, like you, you, hindsight is a, is a beautiful thing. And like, now you've got perspective on it. Actually yeah. looking at your most recent London marathon, it was on the back of achieving a sub three and then. Yeah. Um, you Not know, recovering. Up, exactly. Setting up your business. You know, you were really busy. So it's no, it's no, you know, training for a marathon is no small thing is it so no it's not trying to do that while you were achieving so much else in your personal and you know in your career life yeah well obviously something's got to give isn't it yeah it does and I I mean I say this to the guys that I coach all the time um I mean some of some of the people that coach I mean well they're all amazing but some of them are mums dads work full-time um yeah and I I say to them I'm like I do not know how you do it Mm -hmm. um I don't know how you fit it all in and that's the same to anyone that's listening to this that Mm. has a family and everything like that I literally have my utmost respect because I struggled to fit everything in Mm -hmm. and it's just me on my own um but yeah marathon training is a big commitment and it doesn't matter whether you're going I don't think for a time or not you do need to be able to commit yourself to it in some way um because like we were saying earlier otherwise if you go into an event that you're not fully prepared for you might injure yourself or you just might not enjoy it and I think that was starting to happen to me earlier this year I just wasn't enjoying it as much so rather than just stopping completely or making myself do it and perhaps not enjoy it more I've just switched up what I want to do for a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's working yeah and it's really sensible and you're enjoying the adventure so yeah like you said it's working um we didn't ask or rather I didn't ask you um how are you going to be building yourself up for this um for the Jordan I'm really because I mean it's isn't it six weeks away <laughs> yes <laughs> um so I actually um I had a a meeting at the Altitude Centre um which is in London so it's in Bank in London and again people might have seen that I was training there um on the lead up to the mountain race and race to the stones so I'm actually going to be working again with those guys over the next six weeks because even though Jordan's not not at altitude working at altitude can just help to improve your like overall aerobic endurance 
um and for ultra marathon training or and for running ultras it's important that you can run for a prolonged period of time and keep your heart rate lower because you can't be out running for six eight ten twelve hours with your heart rate say at i don't know 170 180 beats a minute because that would just be insane um so i'm working with them guys um to hopefully help improve my fitness levels over the next few weeks and apart from that i haven't actually i'm too busy sorting out everyone else's plans that i haven't actually sat down and wrote myself a plan yet um but on the lead up to Race to the Stones, I was just, I was running a lot with friends and just going on nice long chatty runs with friends. I was still going to my club sessions, um, which I will continue to do as well because I enjoy them. So I train with my running club twice a week and we'll do either a track session or an interval session or a hill session. And for me, I still think it's important to keep that element in your training even if you're not training for speed because again it just helps your overall fitness and it helps your strength and your power um and I'm still going I'll still go to the gym as well so my I have a strength and conditioning coach and I think he wanted to bang his head against the wall when I told him what I was doing as well um so over the next six weeks we're just going to focus on building again my strength and endurance during my strength training sessions so I'm still doing a combination of things um I think probably the biggest thing will just be doing back-to-back longer runs Hmm. but apart from that my training will be pretty much similar to marathon training I'll just be running a slightly higher mileage So, yeah, but I need to actually write my plan. <laughs> I was just, and I was literally just about to say, so you're writing your own plan now and, and getting that together. So yeah. you need to dedicate some time for yourself to sit down and get it sorted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now but, that I've done everyone else's plans, I yeah. now need to do my own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I completely get it's going to be a challenge. And I honestly, I don't know how or if you can ever completely prepare yourself mm-hmm. for a five-day 250k ultra marathon because I've never covered that distance in one week before mm-hmm. um so I think yeah just keep and doing what I'm doing and the most important thing I think we're just to be going into it with a strong base and injury free mm-hmm. um so that's why for me strength training is really important and I'll always keep it in my in my weekly schedule it's why I get all my guys to do it as well yeah and your you know your recent race and adventure experiences will hopefully then be a good good base for this yes. anyhow isn't it let's, let's be honest because you've done that 100 kilometers race and you've done the mountain you've done you know all of that that will just put you on good stead now for the the building blocks that you need Yes, I hope so. Um, I read somewhere, and I think in, it, it was even on the um, Ultra X's website, about mm. mindset and um, mindfulness and, like, yeah. how practising this and a lot of, like, mental preparation is required for such events as the Jordan event. Yeah. Um, what do you think your personal qualities um, that you possess enables you to push hard through races? That's a really good question. Um, it's 
it's hard um but I think I think when I'm doing when I've done marathons or when I've done races I just think that I want to I want to know like when I cross that finish line that I've done everything I can um and I think that helps me when it does get hard and you might think that you want to stop I just always try and imagine like crossing that finish line I'm not saying though that I am perfect at it um and it is something I I do think I need to work on and I think one of the biggest things that's going to help me in Jordan is that I'm going out there with friends so (laughs) Hannah's coming out with me as well and she's doing the race and then well we're actually announcing the next team member this week um so there's three of us and I think us all being there together is really going to help um because yeah I mean I did I did struggle at both um infinite trails and race to the stones so infinite trails the only thing that kept me going really was knowing that the team that I was with they'd come out on the course um and they were waiting at the top of the second mountain for me so I was finding it really hard. I sent a message to them um, in the group saying that I was struggling and that it was really hard and it was really hot. And they basically told me that they were there and they were going to wait for me to get there. And then that gave me the motivation to then get up the mountain mm. and get to see them. But no, it's definitely something that I need to work on as well. Yeah. Because like- it can make such a difference in these events. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard so much recently about the like mindset and you know coaching not just physically strength wise but also the coaching the mind and um, in order to get through these tough races and face those pain caves or the demons that you may face in a in a yeah. brutal race. But I mean, you know, you going up to Jordan like you said, you've got two other teammates with you, so I think having that yeah. it's almost replicating what worked for you in Austria. So that's yeah. That's definitely, definitely a good thing. Yeah. Um, so if you think like now we're in 2019 and you yeah. think of yourself now, five years ago back in 2014, which is around the time you will have started running again or you're running the obstacle courses. Yeah. Um, if you think of what has <laughs> changed in such a short space of time, because five years isn't that long, really. No. Um, okay. We like, and um, how much has obviously significantly changed in your life where if you cast your mind forward now five years time again where do you see yourself wow um so I uh I guess I have announced it on Instagram but later this year um I am currently getting a website built for PMG coaching which is hopefully going to launch by November this year at the latest and my sort of dream and my idea with it is that it just becomes a massive online members portal that everyone can come and join and there'll be plans on there, videos and I just want to create this community this online running community and I just want to watch that grow I want to be able to help as many people as possible um, with their running with my coaching And so, yeah, I think for me, the next five years, business wise, I'm just going to be putting everything into that Mm -hmm. so that, yeah, PMG coaching just becomes the one stop place 
for people that want advice with running or just to meet other people in the community um so yeah I'm really excited about that and seeing how that's all going to evolve in the next five years and then running wise um I have no idea because I think if you'd asked me this time last year I wasn't thinking about ultra marathons in fact this time last year all I was thinking about was getting a sub three marathon um whereas now in less than a year's time I've done that I've now gone into ultras I've got these crazy races planned and I think I guess the plan for five years is just to keep saying yes to adventures and see where it takes me um I love to travel more and do races around the world and meet more people around the world because for me that's been the most incredible thing in this last year like the places that I've got to go um but yeah I think just keep saying yes to adventures and see where I end up yeah I love that and that you've told us you know like both with the business side and also you know your personal with running um but but that you're you're not fixating too much on a girl with regards to your running and where you want to be with your running because like you said a year ago you didn't you didn't see yourself doing all these ultra running so in a way being open-minded and just saying yes to these adventures will take you somewhere that will give you more fulfillment than you thought you initially would have had yeah exactly and I mean there are certain things I like to tick off like I'd love to do a hundred miler race at some point but I'm not saying it has to be next year or the year after um I'd like to do some more hundred k's and get my time down I'd like to yeah I mean hopefully I'll enjoy the multi-stage ultra marathon but then I'd like to do more of those and then who knows I might decide that I want to try and go for a fast marathon again um but yeah it's exciting and it's it feels a lot more exciting now than when I was just so set on the only thing I cared about really was my sub three marathon whereas Mm. now I'm sort of just open to open to anything yeah yeah and it's yeah and it's just really exciting, like you said. It's so, it's so exciting that um, you know you don't know what's what's to come yet, but you know waiting patiently to see see what will happen. <laughs> um, okay, so you've said um, a couple of times now during this chat that you just want to help others, um, you know, give them advice, coach them, and help mm-hmm. them to succeed in what they want and help them improve. So, if you were to give three top tip. Um, top tips for anyone wanting to start running what would they be so the first thing and similar to what we said about ultras and do it because you want to yeah so don't fall into the trap of just signing up to events because you feel like you have to or you might really enjoy 5ks and that doesn't mean then you need to go and do 10Ks or half marathons. Um, so I would just say, make sure that you enjoy it. Um, don't get so fixated on just chasing times, which I know might sound a bit silly because that's what I used to do, but it really does take the fun out of it sometimes. And sometimes just going out and enjoying running is a lot more, yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable. And finally, I would say get yourself to start with, get yourself along to park run because it's a really good way um, to meet other people in the community and to get you a little bit more motivated as well rather than just all going out, always going out by yourself. Um, 
yeah parkrun is a great way to get into the get into the running community mm. yeah definitely um and I've got a couple of questions that um, people have sent in, so we'll do a couple of those. Um, yeah. I'm conscious of time as well, and I know no, you it's fine. Um, okay, so this one, I love this one. It was from Dimble115, David. How do you deal with race day pressures? So, as I mentioned earlier, before my first ever marathon, I was a complete nervous wreck. Um, I... Yeah, felt sick the month before and on the day that was obviously just a million times worse. I still do get nervous now, um, but I and I still go to the toilet about a million times. I think before Infinite Trails, I went to the toilet at the start line about eight times in an hour because I was (laughs) I don't think I actually needed the toilet but I was just like oh my god no I need to go to the toilet because Mm. I'm going to be out there for so long what if there's not a toilet um but again I think it it can come down to obviously if you've put a lot of pressure on yourself for a time um I don't think I think it's normal to feel nervous as well Mm. so don't beat yourself up for feeling nervous because if you're nervous about something it just means you care about it so I would actually find it stranger if someone was doing a marathon or a race and they were like, yeah, I feel fine, not that bothered. Mm. Because then it's like, well, do you really care about it? So if it's something you really care about, nerves are completely normal. And I think sometimes we can make ourselves more nervous and anxious because we're worried about being nervous and anxious. So mm. I would just accept it. Um, the day, The couple of days before keep yourself a little bit busier um the night before a race you're probably not going to sleep that well and again that's normal but if you get a good night's sleep the night before the night before then it's you'll be okay like getting one night of unbroken sleep if you've got a few good nights sleep behind you is okay and I would just use that nervous excitement and just go with it so get excited about going to the start zone arrange to meet up with somebody get talking to people in the start zone as well because chances are everyone else will feel the same as you park yourself near a toilet because chances are you're gonna need a wee quite a lot and in my experience when I have felt nervous before a race once you actually start running it then just turns into that kind of nervous energy and adrenaline and it can actually really help you but yeah, I think my biggest part, my biggest bit of advice for that is just realising that it is normal and it just means that you care about it, which is a good thing, because otherwise, if you don't really care about it, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely a good way to look at it. Um, I've got another one from Mark Watts. Yeah. Um, so he's asking, do you think London Marathon 2018 changed your life? Oh, um, so for those that of you that don't know, so London, uh, London 2016 was my first marathon. I got 3.39. London 2017, I, I did, I had a bad race and it was a bad race for me. My time wasn't terrible. So I got 3.43, but I basically, I hadn't, I hadn't trained for it as well. I didn't have a very good race day experience and it sort of affected me for quite a few months afterwards. Um, And then towards the end of 2017, I sort of stopped feeling sorry for myself, 
got my kind of ass back into gear with training and then London 2018 was yeah probably one of my favorite races I think I'm probably one of the only people I know that enjoyed it because it was obviously the year of the heat wave um but I got 313 during that race and I mean I guess it was the start of when things started to kind of pick up on my Instagram and it was the start of me realizing that maybe I could actually get a sub three um and I think for people that followed me because I'd gone from a time that a lot of people were perhaps aiming for or could achieve to then a quicker time it made people feel that they could do it too Mm. and I think that helped I think that helped a lot of people and perhaps why my Instagram following did grow but I wouldn't say yeah I guess it was the start of this now Mm. yeah yeah I guess in a way it did yeah like a catalyst for everything else that's come like um after that yeah cool um so I've got another one well actually that leads on quite well someone else asked what would you advise um runners starting off in the early days so like your 2015 days with regards to improving speed like what would be your best advice for turning eight minute miles to 6.50 and this is from Naomi um patience consistency Uh, again there's no one quick fix um for me uh running with my running club has really helped so I since I moved to London I joined a new running club and there's a lot of fast people in the club um and that's I know people might say oh yeah but you're fast but I am regularly when I do my track sessions or um the kind of tempo sessions I'm regularly at the back because there is a lot of faster people but training with faster people and training in a group can really help to motivate you um so I would say get yourself down to your local running club and see what options they have available if they have club nights that you can join in with um but yeah again it's just consistency and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight so it it can happen and if you put the work in over a year a year and a half two years then yeah it's just having that patience because yeah I mean I never thought that I'd be able to run a marathon with an average pace of 650 um I probably couldn't do it now um because I'm not training for that at the moment but I'd like to think that if I did decide I wanted to do it again and I had the patience and yeah worked hard I could get back there but strength training as well um it's yeah like I said it's there's not one quick fix it's doing a combination of things that make you a stronger runner overall that then will improve your pace yeah thanks for that um and then there's a few who've asked how they could get on board with PMG coaching so if you wanted to just talk a little bit about that quickly yeah um so at the moment um I'm currently not taking anyone else on um only be and the main reason because when I launch my new website the way it works is going to be slightly different but I'm hoping that once that's all sorted it will then give me the option to be able to take on more people and more people will be able to access uh, my training so yeah unfortunately at the moment I'm not taking anyone else on but 
if mm-hmm. you would like to inquire about more information or get put on a waiting list, then you can email me at pmgcoach at gmail.com. Brilliant. So like obviously, you know, there, there may well be some spaces in yes. the near future once the site is up and running. Yes. Which is exciting. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. And then another good question. Um, can't remember who this is from, so I do apologise. Um, if I'm just trying to read this out now. Um, so yeah, anyone thinking of starting their own venture like you did when you launched PMG Coaching, what would be your yeah. advice to them? So I, I'm under no illusion that, that one of the reasons that PMG Coaching worked well was because I, like, I do have a, a larger Instagram following and a lot of my business has come from people that have followed me on Instagram for a year, two years, two and a half years. But again, a lot of people as well, like I've built relationships with people over the years. So people have seen my progression or I've given people advice I've messaged people um so I think once when I did launch it it was something that a lot of people perhaps wanted Mm. um so and I'm not saying that you need to have a large following for it to work but I think you just like with anything you just need to have some patience as well but I'd say just put yourself out there um if people ask you for advice give them advice um yeah and don't be afraid as well to show maybe a little bit more about yourself because I truly believe that with any business as well if people not I guess buy into you or know you then it's more likely to be a success um there are a lot of online coaches now and there are a lot of online coaching um businesses that are doing really well which is amazing because there are so many people out there that want coaching um and obviously not one person one person can't coach everybody so I think the more people that are out there wanting to do it the better because again everyone will have their different strengths so for example um you might be able to offer triathlon coaching or you might really specialise at shorter distances, whereas someone else might specialise at ultras. A lot of people come to me for marathons because that's what I'm known for. So I think finding finding something that you really are passionate about as well and showing that to others, it's what you're passionate about and what you know about will really help you too. Mm, that's a great one. Thank you. Um, okay, so the last question we've got for you, and this one's from yeah. me. Um huh? because I've oh I've asked most of mine but the one one, I'm really intrigued to know this one um if you could hear anyone being interviewed on this podcast who would it be and why so I would love to hear and I know she has spoke to other people as well but Hayley Miles with Hayley um I she's just incredible and her story is to go from non-runner to doing a 320 marathon to then the following year what I think she then got 247 at London Mm -hmm. knocked another 20 minutes off six months later obviously had the incredible run at London this year even though it didn't go to plan for her it was still amazing and I just think there isn't anybody out there that I know that works as hard as her 
mm-hmm. or is as motivated or as yeah I think she's just phenomenal and she's I I mean I'm lucky like I have spoke to her mm-hmm. um and yeah we've like messaged backwards and forwards and she's just yeah she's so lovely and I don't think she realizes how good she is yeah um but yeah I think she's yeah she's just incredible so she- it would be amazing to find out a little bit more about her personally yeah and lots of people have messaged asking for her as well so yeah um, and I'd I'd love to be able to speak to her did you listen to her on the um, she was on Lindsay Hines podcast not long ago um I'll have another if you haven't heard okay. of her one. So, no I've not yeah, that's fab and um she was saying how you know she works full time yeah. and she still gets up runs in the morning before work yeah. um, and then after work as well and her her job she's on her feet all day and yes yeah, yeah incredible just, yeah she is incredible so yeah I've loved that one so thanks for that um oh so thank you very much for your time today and for no, joining thank you for this I'm really appreciative of your time um getting to chat with you as well Jordan so thank you no thank you and uh, just remind everyone where they can go if they're not already following you. So uh, my personal account is Project Marathon Girl and my PMG Coaching account is just PMG Coaching. Thanks, Jordan. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining today and listening to not another runner podcast please tell your friends and family who you think would enjoy the content i'll be sharing don't forget you can get in touch with me over on instagram via not another runner let me know your thoughts on the podcast any suggestions on guests or topics this is greatly appreciated send me your questions through as well if you want and use the hashtag why i run to be featured and hey if you can hit subscribe to the podcast this will really help me to be able to give you more Thank you again and remember when you get up and exercise or go for a run, you never regret going but you always regret not going. Have a great week guys and speak soon.